Welcome to episode six of Conversations with Colour. This episode is a special one for me, if a little raw. After around four years apart where we didn't communicate due to a string of abuse in my life, I stepped away from my family. But having reconnected in 2022, my mum, Shamila Pandir, joins me in discussing our journey to reconciliation. We also touch upon the impact of the wider community and my Indian wedding that happened in 2023. My mum also gives a bunch of shout outs at some point, but it should be noted that none of them are my brother. Does this mean I'm the favourite? I mean, well, guess I'll find out. Trigger warnings for this episode include discussions of domestic abuse, sexual abuse, death and coercive control. Well, hello. Hello. Hi, Mumsy. Welcome to my podcast. Are you excited? Uh, excited and nervous. Excellent. You probably should be nervous. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. Um, I know you originally said you didn't want to see the questions beforehand, which is something I have given everyone else the option, just as an FYI. Um, so, you know, healthy boundaries. If there's anything you don't want to answer, we can move on. Um, but as always, I think context is really important and a good place to start. So, um, for those that don't know us, <laughs> um, we had a few years apart and we reconnected. I would say we messaged at the end of 2021 and we actually met like what mid 2022. Um, I think I can say or safely say that it was quite uh, tough for both of us, that little uh, moment. And obviously along the journey, we've had many heated discussions and healthy boundaries. <laughs> are required um so i'd like to talk about how we've ended up here um and i think um i want to be honest and say actually i think this is the best relationship that we've ever had over the years um not that i wasn't a pain in my teenage years but you know we're out the other side um but i mean we got tattoos together last year um i don't think normal families really do that but i think uh who else is cool enough to do that so yeah what do, what do we think of the theme? Um, yeah, it's good so far. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so we both know I left because of the abuse I personally faced. Um, but I think my main question is, is what did it feel like when you reached out? And I guess, why did you? Um, in all honesty, I really don't know. Um, you were the first person I thought of contacting after things that had happened in my life um the intention was always to reach out to you but when things had settled down but it didn't happen that way and and I'm not gonna lie it was a bit nerve-wracking but I thought if I don't do it I never will and wasn't sure what to expect back if anything at all so it was a 100% gamble oh you don't gamble so that's interesting um when you say because you said if you didn't do it now you never would do you genuinely think that like you never would have thought like oh like maybe given the circumstances you were in and trying to leave situations um you wouldn't have reached out once that situation had been settled like for example some parts of the situation have been sort of settled like would you have not decided to reach out now no 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 no. as in that's not what I meant as if I didn't do it on that particular day okay um I probably would have overthought the process um and there's always that nervousness as to how it's going to be reacted upon um a lot of the times when I'm nervous I ask few questions to other people saying is that the right thing to do isn't that the right thing to do but I knew in my gut that you were the first person I was going to reach out to and it didn't take me that long to come to that conclusion okay aren't you glad I provided you with tissues now <laughs> uh yeah I am actually because I thought I was made of sterner stuff you are made of stern stuff but it's fine um I guess I want to talk about so I remember I was on the phone actually to one of my best friends Vicky and um she we were talking I think we were talking about new year's plans or something really trivial and I went oh 
my mum just texted me and she went oh that's nice how's she doing she went wait what and like I just remember being like she's just sent a red heart (laughs) well I don't I honestly I don't even know what words I would have said to start a conversation um so I think the heart was a good way to go but I remember overthinking (laughs) and I was like I can't send a red heart back because it's got to be different like especially because the person when we stopped talking I'm not that person anymore so it was like I don't want to give you any inclination that I am that person I don't know how to indicate that with just a heart so I sent you a yellow heart back (laughs) that was a little odd because I am a very 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 red heart person if I love someone from the bottom of my heart it's always a red heart and when I got a yellow one I went um what is a yellow heart? So I googled it and it came up with a colour for friendship. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. I think I just wanted a red heart back, but okay. yellow was good. Yeah, good starting point. Good starting point. Um, <clears throat> okay. And I guess obviously in those initial first few weeks, we were texting and I'm I'm going to share something with you. So you had said, oh, I'll call you in a few days or like, I'll call you. And you didn't call. And I remember being so disappointed because I had spoken to my therapist about it. I'd spoken to some of my close friends and I was like, my mom's going to call me and we're going to speak on the phone. And this will be the first time we've spoken. And I was like, I don't know what to do, like how to prepare. You know me, love to be prepared. And um, you didn't call. And yeah I was really disappointed because obviously we didn't actually speak on the phone or voice note or anything until we had met in April and then we called in all that jazz but it was just really interesting and like I was I'm just curious how come you said you were gonna call and then didn't do you know what I actually don't even remember that part um there was a lot of stuff going on in my life which I didn't want you to think that the only reason why I contacted you was because of the rubbish that was happening to me. I was always, always going to reach out and I didn't want you to think, oh, just because you're going through some rubbish time that you're reaching out to me. I probably overthought it too. Um, And in some instances, I think our first conversation that I wanted to have wanted to be face to face Mm -hmm. um, because with the telephone, texting, it's always some, sometimes misunderstood what you're trying to say. And there was probably a little bit of me being nervous as well, mm. but I didn't know how to approach it. And I didn't want to lie about what situation I was in. So it was building blocks as far as I was concerned. But hand on heart, I actually don't even remember saying, I'm going to call you and I didn't. So apologies. Oh, that's okay. Thanks for the apology. Um... I think I had guessed actually because I think you were sending me pictures and I was sending you pictures of like like Fridays when we had a, a drink and I was like she's over at the villas a lot and I was like why haven't I seen pictures of like the other place where I grew up and I remember being like mm, something's going on and then Actually, it was Adam who was like, you don't know anything. You just kind of need to sit it out, wait it out and be told, like, stop, <laughs> stop guessing. Um, and I just remember being like, I can't help it. <laughs> I have to have to work it out before I get that so then I can plan. Um, but I think it was actually when we first met up, I think I changed my outfit maybe three or four times because I was like, oh, I don't know. And obviously you came to Serpentine. So that was always a big thing. I was like, oh, I don't know how you're going to get here or I don't know if you're going to drive. I don't know who's going to be with you. I don't, had no inclination either. Um, but then when I saw you, it was like, I think we were walking to the pub and I was like, oh, it feels like I only saw you last week. So that was quite nice. But what what was that like for you? <laughs> Same, didn't know how it was going to turn out. Um it felt like, I don't know, we've watched that film so many times. You've got Mail. Oh, yeah. And the ending where they finally meet. It felt a little bit like that. I knew you had a dog and you said you were going to bring Bella along with you. So 
I was like constantly waiting. Um, I managed to get a lift because Surbiton wasn't a clear way to <laughs> get to from where I was. Um, but yeah, there was always that nervousness, the anxiousness, because we hadn't seen each other for such a long time and all the stuff that had happened. But as soon as I saw you, it was like as if we only just met yesterday. Hmm. Yeah, it was. And then Minus I, the dog. Mine, oh, yeah, I kind of. I can't remember my decision not to bring Bella, um, but she's obviously such like a lovable dog in the sense that she's so excited to see anyone and I think that I sometimes love her obviously but wish she had like that sixth sense that other dogs sometimes have of like this is a bad person let me growl and she's not that dog (laughs) she's just like oh person attention love you um and I think I was quite anxious of like or if it doesn't go well or if I am in a certain spot where you know certain other people might have come along with you that I wasn't necessarily going to be prepared for I didn't want to have to deal with me and her I felt like it would just be fine with me so that was that was that yeah I kind of gathered because we didn't say and then I thought what if it goes through your head that I'm not going to be by myself or who's going to come along with me but we didn't actually just say I think it was understood that I was going to come by myself, but I don't think I ever spelt it out. Um, no, you didn't. <laughs> but I think a lot of it was probably, let's get to this date and let's see how things are. So that wasn't, I hadn't even contemplated on that to bring anyone along with me. Mm. But I can see that it might have been anxiousness on your part to think oh is she by herself is she this is she that Mm um I had actually it was interesting because I said to Adam I was like you need to go preoccupy yourself um and we went to go do something fun afterwards that was always part of the deal of like if we've had something heavy then let's go do something fun to like counteract and have balance and then we can sort of process everything afterwards but I had three of my friends message me to be like I'm gonna be near the Kingston area if you need anything and I was like I remember being like no it's fine and like what's interesting is all three of these friends um I had obviously shared that I was was seeing you for the first time and um I think they were all just also super curious because they were like oh well we can we can just pop by we don't have to like we can go sit in the corner I was like no I don't want to be watched like especially if I'm supposed to be having like a really honest conversation like I don't want to be watched so yeah that was I think everyone was probably nervous about it (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) um okay so I want to talk about something potentially slightly more challenging um but I remember you once said that you've seen Adam angry like this was I don't know a while ago over the summer and I was like I don't think you've ever seen Adam angry. I've seen Adam angry. Um, But I also find it really interesting that it was obviously the first time you were referencing, the first time you sort of caught up with him again. And we were by Rockwater in Brighton? Yeah, along the seafront. Um, With Bella. And um, I kind of find it super interesting that that was like him being what I would deem adam being potentially difficult or challenging is your like is what you've seen and therefore he's angry um because i think for me obviously he's someone who is super protective of me and i'm very lucky and privileged that he loves me in in that way um but yeah it was just interesting when we were talking about like that was this angry version of adam um when i think in my head i remember him being really good about it like in my head I was like that went so much better than I anticipated it and we had talked it through together with our therapist and what we wanted to get out of it or what he wanted to get out of it um but I don't and this is such an assumption that I don't want to like frame it in that way but um did you almost have an anticipation where I was like oh you're my mum so therefore it would be like easy to just like waltz sort of back into my life or like did you expect there to sort of be challenges and did you expect Adam to be a challenge not that you know he's mean or anything like that but you know what I mean um 
No, I didn't expect to waltz back in. Hence, I'll call you, but I didn't call you. Mm-hmm. Um, in my head, although obviously you two are married and I kind of thought that it would be one by one. So it would be trying to rebuild my life with you um, separately, even though you're together. Mm-hmm. But Obviously, Adam had questions which I hadn't anticipated on because a lot of things that had gone on, they were never, ever said out loud um, Hmm. in terms of communication, whether we were good, bad um, at it. I don't know. We're obviously 100% much better now than we ever were. Um, Didn't say a lot of things to each other because we probably didn't want to hurt each other's feelings. Mm. Didn't know if each other would believe each other. There were a lot of question marks. So to me, my focus probably wrongly or rightly was let's start with my daughter first. See how that goes. It wasn't that I didn't see you two as a couple. It Mm. was I couldn't handle more than one person at one time. Um life was challenging enough and I'm not quite sure if you knew where I was in terms of mentally or physically um there was a lot of things coming at me felt like darts being thrown at me constantly Mm. and trying to dodge that but amongst all of that trying to find that little white flag um reaching out to you so it wasn't that I if I'm honest, I probably didn't expect those questions straight away. I expected them, mm. but not straight away. So mm. it was a little bit like, oh, okay. So everyone's hurt, everyone's damaged, but use that in inverted commas. They don't mean like <laughs> physically damaged in that way. Um, but relationships were hanging by a very loose thread and they needed to be put together bit by bit so in my head it wasn't like one big thing I was just doing baby steps as I always say baby steps steps. yeah um do you do you really understand like why I brought him along or is that still kind of a bit of a mystery because I mean I'm happy to clarify that um no I assumed you brought him along because he's part of your life too and that he had unanswered questions Hmm. although everything that had happened um you know everyone was responsible played a part in all of it it didn't just happen by one person as they always say it takes two people to clap but trying to unravel all of that is quite hard and yeah no obviously we hadn't spoken for a long time and you'd grown in your own way I'd grown um I was still undergoing a lot of grief and grief does weird things to you hadn't processed you know all the family members that I had that passed away um a lot of emotional emotional and mental trauma so um but yeah no I mean I knew that you'd bring him along but um I wasn't quite sure that there would be any... I mean, it wasn't a confrontation, you know. He was just genuinely asking. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that time, sometimes your mem- memory is a bit selective. You kind of focus on the bits you remember. You focus on the bits you want to remember. And some of it gets wayside you don't even remember the root cause of all of it at the end of the day. So you're just trying to piece things together. But yeah, it was, I mean, I wasn't shocked. I don't, if I use the term angry, but I'd probably not seen him that cross before. Yeah, I think, I think it's really interesting because, so in, I think in the beginning when I first left, Adam and I, um, we went to therapy together because I remember being like, therapy was terrifying and unknown and I you know you've got to work out your own brain and who wants that uh to start with and then um so my terms I actually had like terms and conditions and they were that he paid for it and that he came with me because I didn't want to do it by myself um now 
for full clarity, I pay for my own therapy. Um, but I think he had to sit there and watch me reveal trauma and tra- like after trauma. And I think that, you know, it gets boxed under different categories of emotional abuse than all the other bits. On, and it, you know, there was a lot of pain there and tears throughout that. So I think that you, when it came up, was always kind of a blind spot for me of like this you know unconditional love as you have for your sort of parents and I think that I especially at the time when you reached out I just didn't quite trust my own instincts still of is this person going to be good for me is this person going to be bad for me I don't know what that looks like I don't know uh what the future holds and I need someone to almost double check my thinking um and he was but also I think for his own sake of he obviously wasn't part of you know my journey of growing up and everything else but also when we were together in in the initial early years um he was very sidelined and I think that that was really hard for him and I don't want to put words in his mouth but there was a big element of like right you don't have to be sidelined now like we are a team and like whilst I will always say we had two different people with two differing opinions. I mean, you've seen us bicker. Um, You know, there is an element where I'm like, I've got your back and he's got mine. And so I think that was very much part of that process of also involving him. And, you know, even there are times more recently where he might want want to say something to someone and I'll be like, oh, can we just think about it? Because I need to think about the repercussions and what does that mean for for us and so I think it's we've learned that as we've gone along as well if that gives you any help but yeah also not help but you know um so yeah there you go um okay so that was just I guess one hurdle but what in your opinion has been the hardest thing about reconnecting um trust Like, I'm sure how you just said, is this person going to be good for me? I didn't, I don't mean trust as in, do I trust you? That was never, ever the questionable thing. Um, It was how do we rebuild on trust? Because if we were honest... um, you never came up to me to say, oh, mum, this is what's happening to me because you had your own fears, whether I believe you, whether I had too much on my plate, whether there were a lot of questions which I didn't know what was going on because I didn't know. There was there, there was never, ever any time where I can ever remember when I've had both of you, I could sit down and enjoy you guys. It was always, I've got to be doing this. I've got to be doing that. It was always, and that's everyone's life. I'm not just saying mine was different, Mm. but you know, I sometimes look at families now where they take their kids out. Like I remember taking you guys out and stuff, but never ever peacefully sitting there enjoying that moment. Mm. I do that now because we've had that opportunity, but at that time, there wasn't and I think we probably didn't understand each other and right at the beginning when you said um yeah you weren't a pleasant teenager but who is I remember googling at the time um with how do you connect with your teenage children and it's not something that I thought I ever would um so didn't know how it was gonna pan out how we were gonna get along and like you say we've had some heated arguments debates <laughs> debates <laughs> um to put a spin on it um but we i but we genuinely listen to each other now whether we did before i'm not quite sure hmm. did we have the time the space probably not um it wasn't a normal household but then there is no normal household it is what you make of it at the time it's when you have that time away from it you think 
actually that was a bit different that's not okay or this is okay I think we just literally it was sink or swim Mm. um I definitely agree so yeah I I knew it wasn't gonna be like oh hi mom I missed you hi Alicia missed (laughs) you and um that we were gonna be right back where we started from it Mm. was gonna be tough I in all honesty I thought it has been a lot easier than I expected it to be. I thought there would be a lot more challenges. And yeah, you know, there have been some. But one thing you've taught me is, like, I'm not really a reactionary person anyway. I do think about the consequences. But sometimes, rather than blurting things out, I go away. I want to think about what I'm going to say because I don't want to go back to square one. Mm Um, and not so long ago, we had that little incident. I don't know if you recall <laughs> where, <laughs> where I had to kind of um, take time out. And I think you realised that something had been said. And I oh, didn't yeah. say it because I wasn't quite sure whether it was worth arguing for or my feelings were they justified um so I had to have time to think about it but as usual you jumped in and um I think quote unquote (laughs) would you like to um discuss this like a a grown-up or would you (laughs) sorry would you like to sulk like a child and that kind of brought me in line and I thought oh ouch that really hurt but probably true (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah god i don't think i quite (laughs) realized that i can be as brutal as i can Uh, be no you were but maybe i needed to hear it too it wasn't you know i'm again you guys are not born with manuals i have no idea and you know i've been winging it all this time but i don't think i've done too badly um but if you have the right support it's not as hard as it could have been yeah I think actually thinking about that incident also I'm gonna I I say defend myself I don't think I should need to per se but at the time of what I said what I said which again can't remember because I was drunk (laughs) um unhelpfully however I think I did apologize Oh, no, you did. Oh, excellent. It was probably good because, like I said, it's it's never going to be easy. And, you know, you are an adult. You have your own opinions. I'm not going to tell you what to do and what not to do. But there are times that we forget how we need to react, you know, at the Mm. in in all of this. Everyone's just trying to protect themselves. It's not um, there was anything hidden or yeah hurtful but again it wasn't that detrimental that I was gonna go oh okay I'm never gonna talk to her again because this is what she said because that's not what life's like no um but going back to when just remembered when you said um would I not have made the effort to get in touch with you Mm. um but all along I've always said even this to your brother as well that if ever came a point, even when we hadn't spoken to each other, if I had to take a bullet, I would have taken one for you and one for him, and I still would. No, thanks, mom. Hopefully, I don't have to. <laughs> yeah, luckily, <laughs> luckily, I don't think that you will need to. Um, but yeah, appreciate the sentiment. Uh, I'm feeling a little awkward, but thank you. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Give you a nice little tap. (laughs) This episode is supported by Unheard. The company that means music marketing has never been easier. Over 65,000 artists from 129 countries have used Unheard to run powerful marketing campaigns. Unheard provides a data-led marketing platform that helps artists reach their most valuable fans in just a few clicks. Check them out today. Yeah. I I guess my biggest hurdle... And something that I found challenging is teaching you who I am and who I'm not. Like, uh, I think 
you know you might reference people from my past like people I went to school with and sometimes I find that really hard because you know my younger years are obviously not my favorite years of my life and um school was also a really challenging place uh from many different perspectives but I think that sometimes like when you used to reference like oh you know you were friends with so-and-so and so-and-so like how are they doing and I think that but I just don't care about them because they don't care about me and it's not I'm not trying to be horrible when I say that I just mean like I've moved on and I've moved past that they're not the people in my life and I think a big turning point was actually when we were prepping for the wedding and I had all my bridesmaids come over and you got to meet them all and I love like how you kicked off your own like little conversations and moments with all of them and realize what they mean to me and they are my current um people you know that I love and care about and that was really nice for me when you then called up and were like oh how is like so and so like she's got a big thing coming on like is is that like good and I really appreciated that because I was like oh like this is my current life and we're in the current zone and like I'm not living in the past where all these other people were and I think sometimes that was a bit hard um and the other thing was I didn't and I think I agree with you I didn't expect it to be as easy and I think sometimes you know when you overthink it it's like oh but that was really easy like it's got to be harder like am I doing something wrong almost um but I think I didn't necessarily realize or especially at the beginning like I was like oh I remember telling my therapist I saw it was like no she actually really heard me and I and I can see the change of like actually she doesn't do this anymore and she doesn't say that anymore and like I think one of the things I think it was quite early on and you said something and you were like um oh you're quite like he who must not be named and I was really offended it was really really hurt by that and I was like no I'm not and then I'd said that to you and then you were actually like oh no you're not and like that meant a lot to me because it was like oh you heard me that I'm not like this person I'm not I'm not as stonewalled or I'm not as stubborn I mean I'm pretty stubborn but um those I think that was always like a bit of the hurdle that I anticipated being harder of like being heard and listened to and being able to then move on whereas actually that part whilst we've had heated debates I think it probably comes from my defensiveness of like here's my line I cannot cross it and that's probably why it's gotten heated versus you not listening to me and therefore me having to do that I think I was just instantly like that because I've had to grow strong boundaries and I've had to put those in place um so yeah that's a thank you I think (laughs) (laughs) I'll take that (laughs) um okay um next question that I want to touch upon we we talk about it this quite a lot because I think it's still really quite current in our lives um but I want to touch upon our wider community and like extended family and stuff um so I think obviously when I sort of stepped away for the aforementioned reasons um I think genuinely given the culture that we're in and how we've grown up you know we grew up with god hundreds of family around us um so I genuinely thought okay just because I'm not talking to you two or three I guess um that doesn't mean that I'm not talking to anyone else um that turned out to be the biggest facade of my life (laughs) and I think that you know, no one spoke to me. All oh, the people that did, um, you know, they called me a liar or they made up stories about me or they made up stories in general about other family members that I was trying to then defend myself against and obviously didn't go down well. And um, I think from how I've felt is that people sway whatever way you specifically sway. Um, and I think that, you know I'm no longer speaking to the person uh that abused me um but I also didn't speak to anyone for like four five years um and I think that that took me a lot of time to recover from I think you know we were we were taught that 
if you can't go to X, you can go to Y. And you have, you know, people used to invite us to the homes all the time for, or like a safe space. And, you know, there were specific family members that, you know, I've lived with previously that I thought would be there and then weren't. Um, So I think I felt, especially at that time, that not only did I lose two of my favorite people in the whole entire world but everybody else along with that so um yeah I want to talk about that because I think that pain um I had sort of suppressed and not really dealt with um and it wasn't until I think last Diwali when I sort of saw so many people from our uh extended community how sort of awkward it was um and you know like no one spoke to me I I think three sort of maybe four tops family members spoke to me and I'm obviously so grateful for all of them and the close relationship I have with with those people um but I really got the feeling that people were nervous of me and almost of my reaction to them um so this is a two-part question um but why do you think that is like why do you think that they were perhaps nervous of me and like like why do you think it happened that they just sort of cut me out as well um in all honesty I don't know um a lot of those relationships were made because of me probably Mm -hmm. um I don't think that they would have genuinely not welcomed you um again it was probably a communication thing and if I'm honest I probably cut myself up from the family members too I didn't speak to majority of them because um I had to deal with things my way and I just not shied away but um it wasn't even that I didn't want to confront them because I genuinely didn't even know what happened and why it happened. I think it all just rollercoasted towards the end of it. And if I'm honest, I never picked up the phone to tell any family members. The only thing I did was um, send a message to everyone that you were getting married, but that was possibly because I was told to do that um and at that time I probably couldn't see clear through what's right what's wrong but I never once said to anyone please don't speak to um please don't speak to them or anything like that I backed away from family so it wasn't that any of them came and asked me what had happened either. There was a mm. few, but that's the usual. I can't afford to say. <laughs> uh, nosy is probably the wrong <laughs> word to say, but they wanted to know. And I think genuinely just in terms of, and I use this loosely in inverted commas for gossip factor, not because they genuinely wanted to help me or help mm. you or but there, you know, there were some family members who genuinely wanted to help. But again, it's you have to have that ability to get to know both sides of the stories. And I think sometimes we are guilty of not doing that. Mm. And what's been said, or they thought that they were doing us a favor by just backing off completely. Like I wasn't that I was invited to their homes. I mean, I wouldn't have not been invited to their homes. I just chose not to. Um, So equally, I was isolating myself at the same time as you were, even though you may have thought, oh, okay, they're having fun. They've got their family. Um, But it was probably not as isolating as yours. I obviously stayed in touch with my sisters and that was about it Mm. because they were like my rock and my strength and they still are even though one's here one's not but in some form they are and they were the only ones that I stayed in touch with so it may seem that family members had isolated you but I genuinely don't think that was their 
purpose to do so. It was a situation that they probably didn't feel comfortable with. They probably didn't know how to handle. But again, it is as simple as take two sides of the story and make your mind up rather than mm. listening to people. Because I, I, at the beginning, as I said, it takes two people to clap. Um, it's not all just done one sided. So as I can't genuinely speak on behalf of them, I know that none of them are meaning mean or hurtful on purpose Mm. they just probably didn't know what to do and rather than it was almost like they were probably being Switzerland if I'm honest because they didn't go out of their way to say oh come have dinner with me or you know come over you're this that the other we all just kind of it was a pause in our lives too and we all just got on with our Mm. own lives and dealt with it in, in that way so I think, I mean, I'm trying my best. Uh, I'm not offended. I'm not, that's the wrong word. I think maybe irked. I guess it's it's not, you know, I'm not worried about missing out on the house parties or whatever that was. I think it's, it's, I invited people like, you know, you remember our old flat, like it was a one bed studio flat and I invited, you know, it's your generation of, you know, sisters and cousins, I guess. We all had pizza there, I think you'll remember. And, you know, that was a lovely moment. We all, there was wine, there was pizza. I could have dairy at the time. Vibes. And yet, like, I asked someone for a recipe. They didn't give it to me. And just ignored sort of that message and then I think I we saw them at Diwali function and then for me I think the audacity comes from that I was awkward with them and I was like well I don't really know how to react to people I'm meeting multiple people all at once for the first time they're all really awkward with me and like actually in fact that's a lie this singular person was really awkward with me everyone else was like oh it's so nice to see you like it's been ages like let's just catch up and like I'm kind of someone who bounces off energy if you're good with me I'm good with you and I think the other thing that was I want to say is is it's not again about the parties or the the functions that I wasn't invited to it's the people I didn't get to say goodbye to it's there were two aunts that passed away and I wasn't allowed to go to either of their funerals. And yet, again, one of these aunts I lived with for a period of time um, in North London. And we, it was during my uni years. And they were my friends from my uni years. And they, I stayed with them. And we went out. And, you know, I went clubbing with them. I've worked with them. And I didn't get to go and say goodbye at this funeral. And it wasn't my fault for whatever went down. I get that it takes two people to, um, you say clap. Um, I'm going to go with tango. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I also deserve to say goodbye. You know, there were people who came to, you know, Nanny's funeral that respectfully probably shouldn't have been there. But that person got to say goodbye. But I didn't. And I also didn't get to say goodbye to, you know, your sister and my aunt. Like I, I asked, I asked multiple times I would be respectful. I didn't even have to go to the whole service, but I didn't get that. And I think that that's where like the being cut off is like being cut off from recipes and my culture and fine. That's one thing I can go learn that from other people, but being cut off and not being able to say goodbye to people that have truly made an impact on my life and being able to give thanks that that is the really hurtful thing that like no one can take back like you don't get a redo at that and I think that that's the hurtful thing that I don't think many people consider and you know what it's like it's so interesting because of the family members that I I was speaking or still I'm speaking to but at the time they helped me write these messages to say can I go and 
you know, one of them, you know, it was his mom. And I didn't want to put him in the middle of stuff when he's lost his mom. But I also felt like I genuinely deserved to say goodbye and I didn't get that. So I think that's where I'm all like, I don't care about the parties. I don't care about the beer pong or the Diwali functions. It's you're not able to say goodbye to people and you don't get a redo. not quite sure how to answer but i will go back on to (laughs) the recipe one the person you're talking about actually like i said to you before that it was me who said don't share the recipe um and i know that you (laughs) said (laughs) so you did actively then say like oh don't yeah that was that one moment i did say um and i have told you I have admitted it and I think um, the recipe so I I, I get you may have that but I also think that we're all adults and should be held responsible for our individual actions right like you you know you teach children I say you generally um, but you also specifically you you remember Leisha if so and so is going to jump off a cliff does that mean you're going to go like valid and I think I and I say this every time like I think the audacity of saying afterwards, oh, why was she awkward with me? Or like, I felt she was awkward with me. It's like, why wouldn't I be? Like, why why must I have the confidence to go into a room full of people that I haven't seen for four or five years? Like, why is that onus all on me? And why can that person not take accountability and just go, hey, look, I did something or I didn't do something, i.e. send a recipe, um if you still want it I'd like to give it to you now like that's all that it takes that's not an apology there's no sorry there I'm not asking for an apology you did what you did fine but like there are ways to remedy stuff (laughs) yeah point taken um again it's it's probably never easy is it to if you've said something, if you haven't done something to just put your hand up and just say, actually, let's start fresh. Or, I mean, I can't speak on their behalf because I don't know what the thought process was, but Mm. there's always going to, I mean, I was going to feel awkward when I first met you and you're my daughter. So other wider family members maybe have got same apprehension. Is that Mm. the right word? Um, And it was at a place where, you know, it, I I don't know, but it is, I'm sure they had their reasons, but like I said, I put my hand up to the fact that it was me who said it, so apologies and hopefully you can move forward with that um i googled the recipe funeral um aspect i know that not everyone wants to hear and i get that it's no going back and you it's not a dress rehearsal but there were instances and i can see and i'm not taking anyone's side as such it probably would have been better if you just you messaged me and if you just said, I want to come to the funeral, it probably wouldn't have been a no. I would have made sure, but I didn't know that was going on at the time because no one said anything to me. They were probably afraid of the consequences of whatever it was. Um, and there were some texts that were sent. And I think that played a little part in how the reaction was. Um and I think you know which ones I'm talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So whether they were done without knowledge, again, it's always our fault if you don't take two sides of the story. You believe someone, you act on it, mm. and then you don't realise how hurtful it is for someone else. And, you know, text messages can be misconstrued. I remember one day I told your brother um it was some something he was supposed to do and I said oh don't forget to tell your father um 
can I say that? <laughs> We've done it now. <laughs> and his short reply was, I won't. And I thought, well, that's rude. I've just asked you to do something. But what he meant to say was, I won't forget. But I misunderstood and went off, went on my high horse to say, what do you mean you're not going to say? What do you mean you won't? And they were just words that could have led to something totally different. So you can mm. imagine that at the time your text messages arrived, the timing really wasn't that great because um, my sister had just been diagnosed again with a terminal illness. And mm. I think that does play a part. And again, I can't speak because no, I you think- didn't ask me. Had you just said, can I come? I would have made sure that you could have. But emotions were high. We were obviously weren't expecting it. And yeah, it was a lot to take in at the time. But again... I, I mean, I didn't know. we didn't know if that makes any sense. Like yeah. none of us knew. Um, I think, uh, I think a couple of things. Firstly, the texts that I sent were of clearing my own, not name because it wasn't like that. It was clearing up a narrative that had been set against me. And I think one thing I've learned is that there's a smear campaign whenever you leave a challenging relationship from someone who's quite narcissistic. But um, that's what I had sent was, and again, it comes from, I would say those sort of gossipy members of the family that had shared that this was being said. And I was trying to clear that up of actually this is this is what I'm saying. Please can you not spread misinformation about me and what I am trying to say and achieve. And especially for me personally, that was coming off a time where I had received quite a lot of vitriolic messages from family members. Um, and I also you know, I hadn't spoken to anyone, no one was speaking to me, so I didn't know about any terminal um, diagnoses for her at the time, because I think there was still a sort of Chinese wall between me and my cousin, where we were like, these, I think the things that we were sharing were trying to be factually based, or we were um leaning on each other for support but it was just it just looked really different at the time so I actually had no idea until maybe three four months later when I saw actually family from Canada and they told me so it wasn't that I knew that at the time um just so I don't appear like I'm a complete asshole um not but going back onto the text I think there was um, yes, you were trying to clear some of the contents that was being said. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to had... promise that the way I went about it was right. Yeah. But I and, was trying and to. And the threat of taking someone who's bedridden with this illness to try to take them to court. I think you can see where it didn't go down that well. Not um, saying that it didn't. I mean, again, no, but not that, that. This is just me trying to justify. But again, you know, in the whole scheme of things, I think I was matching like for like in the sense of I had also been threatened to be taken to court over what I was saying. So I think that there was a like for like. Like, if I was going to get taken to court for what I was saying, then it sure is shit. Better be the truth, which is what I was trying to get at. Is like, please stop spreading lies because then it sort of um, dilutes the truth I'm trying to share. And therefore it's like, well, this part isn't true about any sexual abuse. And I never said that. So that needed to be eradicated. So I was matching light for light, but I also didn't know the state in which she was in. So I think that- And plus the person you picked on wasn't threatening to take you to court. 
no, I'm not saying how I went about it was the right way, but I also didn't have all the context. I was also being bombarded in my own way. And I think that, you know, we can all be defensive and angry and it come, doesn't, you know, hindsight is a beautiful thing, as they say. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think that, you know, ultimately, I don't think that, um, I think I just find it more challenging now with extended family and situations where I'm going to be with them and who's going to ask me what, you know, no one, there are times where it's, you know, I was at a different funeral and, uh, I know that you're going to know who I'm talking about when I say this, but this person was just at me and I ended up crying I think because you know in Indian funerals you have you have the funeral and then you have like the um like the budgeons and stuff a few days after and sort of Adam and I had stayed for that and um that's where I just genuinely felt so cornered by family I hadn't seen in years to behave in a certain way and do a certain thing just because they were telling me and I was really upset because I'm like, I'm just trying to be here to say goodbye to someone that I love. And you don't, like the audacity of some people, um, I think is truly disrespectful. And I think that that's where, when I went into the Diwali function the first time, that's where a lot of my anxiety stemmed from. Because those same family members were going to be there. And they were there. And I think it's really hard for me to put myself in a position where it doesn't feel like anyone is in my corner so when I went with you I went in the full knowledge that I was going because I want to spend time with you and I want to do something with my culture with you (laughs) like it wasn't about anyone else and I think it went pretty well yeah you made a joke (laughs) But I still haven't let go about the bangles. Okay, maybe it's not appropriate for this. <laughs> no, it's definitely not appropriate. I mean, it was just a boomerang. It was a boomerang. Oh, well done, Mum. Instagram knowledge. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that we've grown from that. Like, that was, what, over a year ago now? Diwali's coming up again? Yeah, absolutely. Adam's decided to come along this time. He wants to wear his uh, Indian outfit. And I think you should let the boy wear what he wants. <laughs> I can't have a Justin Trudeau moment. <laughs> It'll be all right on the night. Or the day. Or <laughs> the day. Yeah. It's a day thing. Um, but yeah, I think overall, we've come a long way. Indeed we have. We still apparently have some heated debates in us. <laughs> um, I'm sure we do. <laughs> yeah um we are coming up to the hour but i have one last question and um the answer can't be my wedding just as an fyi of our journey what has been your favorite bit um so journey for the last 30 years or journey okay no one needs to know my age mom so sorry or journey since we had the pause in our life yeah I think the reconnecting date the reconnecting date well I'd be lying if it wasn't the wedding because that was the best day ever um the whole leading up to it and obviously us as in my sister and I hosting the bithy was the best. It was. It was so good. And um, I think for me, like I remember being quite nervous because a lot of my friends who, despite having known me for years, like obviously don't know where I grew up and stuff and like coming over and like, I know it, I know it's Nitamasi's place, but it's in my head, it's still Nana's. And um, having them all there and it's sort of experience, like we did Dandia and Goba and the actual i think many people enjoyed I dousing think me dylan picked you up and dropped you yeah and then james doused me with water not yeah. my favorite part <laughs> um but there has to be more than that time that's been 
I'll also say this because um, not many people actually know this. It was the the Piti landed on our year anniversary of meeting. Wow, really? Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, and again, I think not so long ago, maybe the twenty fifth of October, when. We did United. Oh. And... For context, that was just three days ago of this recording. And just having... You, Dylan, Adam, Nita Massey by my side. I think that kind of was the, as they say, the cherry on top. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But the most beautiful moment was your wedding, the whole leading up to it. And as a branch bit to that was, and I hope I can mention one of your friends, can I say their name? Yeah. Uh, Vivian, this one's for you. We made that blooming balloon arch, (laughs) obviously with the help of... A few other people few other people um if i am allowed to mention the names (laughs) (laughs) so go babita nita i also made my own balloon art yes and i think that that was kind of like a fun event yeah mum just share with everyone how much of the balloon art did you do sweet pea so yeah the i picked the color and um both the mussy kind of had it delivered (laughs) and uh Oh, actually, now going back to a few more moments as well. I'm so sorry. Um, (laughs) My birthday and the gift that you guys got me. Oh, yeah. That was was kind of a cool moment too. And obviously now everyone knows you're 30. So on your 30th birthday. That was kind of cute. Yeah, having to stop off at Tesco's to get some cutlery highlight of my life <laughs> that's, uh, that's an adam right there <laughs> but i think it all in all it has been it still is a learning curve yeah but at least we can be honest with each other and not get upset by it as they say it's life it is what it is it's what it is i feel like that's been our motto <laughs> well, yeah <laughs> Um, but yeah. What about you? What was your special moment? Um, I think the Bitti was actually one of my favorite days. Like the wedding obviously was incredible, but like as a chief organizer of it, like better, better be kind of vibe. Um, oh, FYI, the drummers were amazing. Thank you. Um, courtesy of other people. Um, I think the actually one of my favorite bits was I think I we in fact it was last year it was that weird bit you know between Christmas and New Year's mm-hmm. and you had taken me and Dill out to Ivy Asia with your fancy gift voucher <laughs> oh that was part of your birthday treat yeah yeah it was and we all dressed up and looked fantastic and had cute selfies and we came out really drunk. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say that thing. I <laughs> uh, can't incriminate us yet. Um, but I think that was the evening that we all decided what we wanted for our tattoos. Was it? Yeah, oh because because we were all talking about it and you you had decided what angle you wanted your butterfly. I decided on my phoenix. Dill had decided on his om. And we'd all decided placements and actually like we went back, got back in pajamas. And then I just remember being like, Dill and I went out. I think you had to work the next day. So Dill and I went and booked it. And I'm not even gonna lie to you, there were three dudes there and like <laughs> I think that dodgy looking. It was it was like I asked for like their hygiene, like ish, like everything. And um Go with the title, what was it called? Oh, God, it, was, it had death in it or something, didn't it? Dill's choices, man. But do you know what? 
I fully recommend, I'm going to Google it and I'll put it in the link, like in the blurb or whatever. But they are an incredible bunch mm. and they really understood actually what it meant. Um, but then going with you and showing you this place <laughs> and to all three of us getting tattoos, I think that was actually a definite highlight because yeah. I thought I was being really smart about it as well, where I had was wearing like this specific jumper where I could just take it off my shoulder and I thought I could but nope there I was with four men my mum in my bra um having this tattoo and it was one of those weird moments where I was like shit I'm doing exactly what I want with my life in the weirdest way possible and my two favorite people are back and like this is how we're like commemorating it and we're all getting tattoos and I remember telling the guy he goes you know I'm not trying to be nosy or anything but like why 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 this bird I was like well it's a phoenix so it's obviously fiction (laughs) um but I was like oh actually like we were all abused and it's about how like what we do with it and like how I'm rising up and like that kind of symbolism and then I explained sort of my brother's one and you can explain your rationale my butterfly with my beautiful children's initials with starting a new life yeah what's the bit where it cocoons yeah <laughs> you're like burst brain yeah and then he was actually like oh that's actually really beautiful and he goes and you're all getting them at the same time and i was like yep yeah. and he goes oh i love that you're an unconventional weird family <laughs> and i was like Yep, that's that's us. And you don't remember ordering your pasta afterwards? It wasn't pasta. This is this is my problem and why I don't like pizza. It's because exactly moments like that where I have to have like a gluten-free base. I wasn't allowed all the toppings that I wanted. No dairy. And no dairy cheese. And then I think he said like I had to have a different sauce because the sauce had like uh, parmesan in it. So yeah, that was... Uh, I was like that day is actually one of my favorite days so yeah okay. all right mine too <laughs> <laughs> but I can't take that from no that's fine we can share it um but yeah okay well on that note i will end the podcast but thank you for coming on momsy and sharing so openly and uh glad we got you some tissues and thank you for having me Thank you.